Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Daily Sports Talk Show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, that was something. Holy cow, what a weekend. Can't wait to get all into it. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Montana, new to Missoula. You can check them out here in the Garden City, the corner of Stevens and Mount. And you can also visit them online to see the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Long weekend, great weekend, so, so, so much fun. I know that I was such a uh, Debbie Downer when football wasn't here. I was so grumpy for like a year. It's been so great having it back. This season, though, because of just so many different factors within the Big Sky Conference, has been sort of a grind, not because it hasn't been fun. It's been good, but we had been waiting for these ultimate moments that we knew were going to come. And now, here we are. We've had several weekends in a row filled with them, including this last weekend with Friday night. One of, if not the best football games I have ever watched in the city of Missoula. Unbelievable between Montana and Eastern Washington. 
I cannot get over how awesome that I thought it was, how many awesome moments there was, just how out of control it was, just how out of control you guys were. Holy cow. Grizz Nation out in full force, <laughs> as vicious and as filled with vinegar as I've ever seen you guys. Uh, what a deal. It was pretty impressive. And then I hit the road Monday mo- or Sunday morning, excuse Saturday morning. I didn't have my days all right. But I hit it on uh, Saturday morning, headed over to Bobcat Stadium, and another game in which there was something that I had not really ever seen, at least not in a long time. Not since I lived in central Washington have I seen a football game of any sort with the wind blowing that hard. Unbelievable just how many, uh, the, the gusts and just how powerful they were there at Bobcat Stadium. But Montana State, they also move on a 26-7 win over Tennessee Martin. So the Bobcats also into the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs and uh, pretty good weekend for the Montana schools. It's very fascinating because I've been doing this now professionally in some form or fashion, sports writing, radio broadcasting, whatever, covering the Big Sky Conference ever since 2006. And uh, I've been waiting for that moment when both Montana and Montana State lived up to their own internal and external expectations in the scope of one season. And both these teams have been great. Uh, during the time I've covered them, uh, you know, this is the time growing up in Montana watching them. They've had some unbelievable, unforgettable seasons. But this is as simultaneous as good they've both been simultaneously. But it's also been such an interesting season because the expectation for both these teams to be this good has been in place for almost two years by the time this season got underway. So now here we are, and this is the moment where we expected both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats to be exactly where they're at right now. Final eight in the FCS playoffs. You knew one one was going to win, one was going to lose the rivalry game, so that's one feather in the cap on one side. This year happens to be Montana. But other than that, now is where you're playing with house money. Now is where you can become, you're not just going to be a memorable team, you can become an unforgettable team, a team that goes down in your school's lore. If you're Montana State, you go to the final four back-to-back years, you are the greatest, pro, the greatest class in program history. Montana State's only been to the final four Two times since the FCS uh, became a division in 1978. So you go back-to-back years, epic, historic. If you're Montana and you can get through James Madison, which is who the Grizzlies play, Montana State, of course, plays at Sam Houston State, another one of the market powers. We're going to get into that element as well. We'll take it through the whole FCS bracket and tell you everybody who won. But I do think it's fascinating that coming out of the pandemic and the uncertainty, here we are now with the final eight and six of those final eight are six of the most important and six of the most prestigious football programs in the FCS. And then, oh, by the way, you throw uh, Villanova in there alongside James Madison, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, Montana State, and Sam Houston. Bam, you got seven of the most prestigious programs in the FCS among those top eight with a little upstart that's new to the dance in East Tennessee State. So we'll take you through the old FCS bracket as well and just talk about maybe some of the reasons why uh, this has been sort of the rise of, of the elites. But you're probably noticing... Here, especially if you're watching on TV, my good friend and colleague Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, is not here. He has an engagement tonight, but I caught up with him earlier today. So uh, here in about, oh, 15 minutes or so, uh, we'll get to Riley. Uh, so we got about 20 minutes from him earlier today. Uh, but I just wanted to get through all sorts of different things here on the Montana Football Hour, which we will dive into now. We do the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of each Monday's show. By the way, if you want to listen or watch the show somewhere besides your traditional radio or TV, you can always stream it anywhere, all your mobile devices. 
1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Or you can watch us on YouTube as well. YouTube channel's looking great. Shout out to our guy, Andrew Houghton, producer, who's uh, steering the ship when it comes to all of the production of this show. You just go to Nuanas now on YouTube. Please subscribe. You'll get alerts on your phone when the show's coming up. Remind you to watch or listen in. Great way to stream it if you just want to listen as well. And, of course, you can call us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. So we'll do it right now. Let's dive into the Montana Football Hour. We invite you to Stockman Bank, excuse me, the proper presenter of the Montana Football Hour, invites you to experience the Stockman difference. Stockman Bank's a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. There's a lot of other action uh, throughout the sporting world as well. Big Sky Conference play opened up this weekend as well for hoops. So that kind of got overshadowed. So we'll get back to that a little later on here in the Montana Football Hour. Let's dive into the game we saw on Friday night. It lived up to the billing and then some. Uh, it was an unbelievable battle between two storied and historically great programs in Montana and Eastern Washington. Bobby Hell can say he, it's a rivalry. It's not a rivalry all he wants. I don't care if it's a rivalry or not. There is no love lost between these two teams. They're they're diametrically opposite in the way that they operate, in the way that they want to win, in their philosophies on football. I mean, just three hours away, the two campuses, and everything about the two schools, from a school perspective, from a university perspective, from a football perspective, they're just different. And uh, I think that both the head coaches for Eastern Washington and Aaron Best and Bobby Houck for Montana – have different philosophies in how you win. I think each one can be effective. I think that both coaches get their players to play with a high level of effort, albeit a completely different uh, identity that each program wants to be about on the field. But I thought this game we watched Friday night was pure pandemonium. I thought the officiating was horrific. I thought that they had no control of the game. But because they literally had no control of the game and they had no ability to even try to seize control of the game, the game was out of control the entire time. And I actually don't think it favored anybody. If it did favor somebody, it definitely favored Montana. And uh, I just thought that how wild the atmosphere was, how much Grizz fans showed out and showed up. More than 24,000 fans, the largest playoff crowd in Washington Grizzly Stadium history. Ryan Martin told me that uh, on Friday night. And uh, what a raucous atmosphere and what a victory. Montana comes ahead 57-41 over Eastern. You had a blocked punt that then shortly turned into a touchdown. You had... A couple forced turnovers. I mean, this game was wild. Eastern had twice as many yards as Montana. Eastern had 32 first downs to Montana's 13, and it didn't matter because when the dust settled, Montana had themselves an almost three-score win and into the FCS quarterfinals. So we bring now Andrew Houghton from both ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. He was sitting right next to me in the press box. It's actually funny because we sit right next to each other. We're great friends. We live together, but we actually don't really talk during the games. We talk to everybody else because <laughs> we know we're going to talk all about it at home. And I know I'm going to get his take on it because he's going to write a story that I'm going to read right away. Uh, so I, we actually have sort of diagnosed this, but not as much as you think, because I was out of town all weekend. So I haven't really seen you that much. So now that it's had a couple days to settle in and digest your thoughts on uh, what was a wild night at Washington Grizzly Stadium Friday. Well, it's tough to have any coherent thoughts coming out of that game because it was just right? three hours of craziness. I mean, four hours of craziness, really, by the time we got done with it. The game took three hours, 52 minutes. 
Man, I think the interesting thing is that Eastern sort of dragged Montana into a shootout. And, I mean, if you said there's going to be, what, 98 total points in this game at the end of it, you would say that really favors Eastern Washington. But Montana embraced it because the atmosphere, I mean, the, the early scores really got the crowd going and the big plays got the crowd going. And that ended up playing in the Montana's hands. We've we've talked so often this year about the style Montana wants to play, the 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 identity within a game that can take place that favors and or doesn't favor Montana. I think it's very clear when a team can stay ahead of the sticks against Montana. That's an, a huge advantage. I mean, that's I, these are all all of these things I'm about to say are clear advantages no matter what style of football you're playing, but particularly against Montana, if you can. Not let them. It's not about seizing the momentum because Bobby Hawks teams are always going to have moments where they seize the momentum. It's about seizing and carrying the momentum. And I think that we've seen now, if you can stay ahead of the sticks uh, when you're going against the Grizz defense that does bring just a, a little bit of vulnerability uh, in because they are bone, vulnerable to big plays if the blitzing doesn't affect you too much. I think you've, you've also seen. Now, if teams, if they do lose the momentum for a minute, if they can get it back, that really hinders what the Grizz do because, I mean, it's all gas, no brakes. That's what the Grizz want to do. They want to completely pile drive you. And, like, for example, sometimes you can't even read into the sack numbers. Montana actually only was credited for two sacks on Friday night. Marcus Wellnell, outstanding linebacker from Helena, had both. But they had what? 30 hurries? I mean, that's the craziest part about this is how statistically anomalous the box score is. Eastern Washington ran over 100 plays. Eastern Washington had 602 yards of offense. As Bobby Houck told me today, those are empty calories. There's there's nothing there. As Coach Houck said, if you throw the ball 80 times and we run the ball for 200 yards, you will never beat us ever, 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 ever. And I thought that was the key for Montana. They were able to not only seize the momentum but carry it. They were able to run the ball more effectively than they have almost this entire year. And they were able to completely eviscerate Eastern Washington on special teams and really just dominate that element of the game more than anything else. Such an underrated part of Montana's domination this year. I guess not underrated because people have been talking about it really since the beginning of the season, their special teams. Coaches always like to talk about Coulter, the special teams being the third part of the game. We take it just as seriously as we do every other part of the game. But the truth is, is that in a game, what, there are going to be 70 plays where you're on offense or defense and then 12 plays where you're on special teams? I mean, just aside from the fact that a lot of special teams' plays are, are seen as routine, like when you're kicking an extra point or punting the ball away when you're not playing Montana, these are just routine plays. Special teams usually doesn't affect the game as much as, you know, offense, defense, the other parts of the game. So when coaches say that, it makes it makes sense that they're they're paying attention to it, but of course, they usually don't put as much time and practice into it because it can affect the game. Well, for Montana, special teams affects the game just as much as offense or defense, even though they don't have many chances. I mean, Malik Flowers hasn't gotten a return kick in two months, and they're still finding ways to affect the game on special teams. Absolutely, I mean, more than just affect, dominate so much and truly actually win games. It's not just like a contributing factor or a mitigating factor. They're straight up just winning games on special teams. 
if you block punts at this level, I mean, I, I've probably seen like 10 blocked punts in my 15 years doing this. And I've seen, how many have we seen this year for the Grizz? At least three, maybe four. I guess one was a uh, technically a fumble because it was on a fake field goal by the Cats. But like the amount of blocked kicks and punts this year for the Grizz, it's just been... It's just been totally insane. So uh, it is the Montana Football Hour presented by Brett's RV and Marine. If you haven't noticed outside, it's snowing. It's not very nice. Roads are slick. Drive slow, by the way. It is a little bit uh, hairy out there. But if you haven't already, you need to do it now, like today, yesterday. You need to winterize your RV. Variety of ways Brett's can help you. they got a great parts and accessories shop, great maintenance. They can also just give you some tips. Or maybe you trade it in. Maybe you sell your RV to them right now, buy a new one in the spring. They got all sorts of options for you at Brett's RV and Marine down at 4800 Grant Creek Road, proud presenter of the Montana Football Hour. Let's hear a little go piece of sound from Montana head coach Bobby Houck. Here his first initial statement on Montana's 57-41 victory over Eastern Washington in the second round of the FCS playoffs. Yeah, it was good. Uh, obviously, it was a dominating win. Uh, wasn't close. It was fun to go out and get it. Uh, we didn't uh, didn't play very well on defense in the first quarter. The first quarter in two minutes, and then it was it was uh, back to business as usual for our defense. Um, thought it was a, it was a great team effort, offense, defense, kicking, uh, just terrific, you know. And anytime if you're going to try to throw the ball 80 times and we're going to rush for 200, you're never going to beat us. You're never, 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 ever going to have a chance to beat us in that particular game. So. Our kids went out and took that win. I was proud of them. Uh, they kind of got called out, and uh, it wasn't close. <clears throat> Coach, how are you guys able to stay at such a high intensity level throughout the game? I think it's uh, how we train in the off season, how we practice. That's what it is. We do it every day. I asked you after uh, the last win you guys had, how'd you season and carry the momentum? You guys did that again tonight. So how important was that element of the game? Well, you know, games go back and forth, and uh, like I said, they got off to a good start. We we busted a couple coverages, um, bad by us, giving up a couple scores like that. But uh, you know, after that, they they struggled, and uh, they're a good offense, and they're well coached, and they've got a good team, and um, our guys just righted the ship, and then it was. Uh, after halftime, it was it was fun to watch. The third quarter lasted 93 minutes in Friday night's game between Montana and Eastern Washington. <laughs> I would like to say it was excruciating because oftentimes those sort of things are. It wasn't because it was so much action, but also just an utterly dominant performance by Montana from about the 12-minute mark of the first half through the end of the third quarter. After going down 21-10, and give it up two different, one touchdown of 57 yards, one touchdown of 58 yards. Montana then went on a 40-7 to run. That's what they answered with. It started, though, with a moment that a lot of people might have missed. After Dennis Merritt juked in the hole and actually made Robbie Houck miss a tackle, which Robbie Houck does not miss tackles, especially in the open field. And cruised in for a 57-yard touchdown. You could see Bobby Houck pull... Justin Ford, who had gotten burned for the 58-yard touchdown. Gavin Robertson, who did not play in the first matchup against Eastern Washington and is now back. 
and Robbie Houck and Jace Lewis and Patrick O'Connell. Basically, the, the the five guys that are the man, the, the dudes. There's a lot of dudes on Montana's defense. This is a really good, and dare I say, if Bobby Houck was talking, historically good Grizz defense, certainly. But some of the main culprits, some of the main characters on the Grizz defense. Coach Houck, he got them together and he ripped them. You could see him just boiling over like a volcano as he's trying to talk to these guys and get these guys to lock in. And right after that moment, Gavin Robertson fills the hole against Tololu Limu Jones, who was public enemy number one. Talked a lot of smack leading up to the game on Friday. And Eastern slot receiver, he delivered on an individual basis. He had 14 catches, more than 200 yards. But he was also the ire of many, many boobirds at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I'm sure many, many terse and uh, maybe offensive <laughs> and obscene words thrown at him. But he also was the victim of one of the biggest hits of the game right after that moment when Coach Houck ripped those guys. Gavin Robertson comes across the middle and smears to Lola Limu Jones. Aaron Best, Mount Vesuvius, erupts, can't even handle it. Middle, He's on the middle of the field. He's getting held back by his coaching staff. And Coach Best is no small guy. You don't want to mess with Coach Best. He's a former all-conference offensive lineman. And uh, he's not very old, so he, he's still got it. I guarantee you that. But he's going crazy. And they take it to review. It turns out it's clean. Also, shout out to our photographers at Skyline Sports, and they share a lot of content with us here at ESPN Montana as well. They got some great pictures of some of the action, some of the controversial action. But the Gavin Robertson hitting Tololo Lima Jones picture, it was clean as a whistle. After the review, nobody's thrown out. Aaron Best still freaking out on the sidelines. Very next play, Robbie Houck doesn't miss this time. He knocks Dennis Merritt right on his haunches. And boom, the Grizz are off and running. Within the next three minutes, Ryan Tyrrell blocks a punt. Levi Janet Carroll recovers it. That's two Missoula boys making plays on special teams. The Grizz turn into a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, Bedlam. A couple forced fumbles. Jace Lewis almost has a scoop and score. I mean, there's so many different things we can get into. But that moment when Gavin Robertson stuck to Lolo Limu Jones across the middle, that was absolutely one of the biggest plays in the game. Here's Robbie Houck on that sequence. Yeah, they look like they're going to try to follow us up to our locker room. I don't know what they're doing, but that would have been all right with us too. So, no, we didn't settle anybody down at halftime. Kyle, I go back to your question. That's called poking the bear. It's a bad idea. <laughs> Sometimes mistakes are just so good. That was actually the wrong sound bite. That was from Bobby Houck. But make no mistake, Eastern Washington was trying to make a mess after the first half ended because of a couple of those hits. Here's what Robbie Houck had to say about those hits. Robbie, speaking of that bust of coverage, it seemed like you were coach that whole moment there where he was getting you guys kind of locked in. Then Gavin had a huge hit, you had the big hit. So you know, what sparked you in that? How just setting the tone in that situation, how important was that? Yeah, we kind of tried to uh, screw it up in the first quarter. Um, and that was on us, not necessarily what they were giving us. And then uh, it's, kind of, it's why you play four quarters, face some adversity and fought back and were able to regain momentum and take control of the game. So, and that's credit to everybody on defense, but also on offense and special teams. Well, you guys, uh, I think it was 21 to 10. Gavin gets the big hit there, um, and then they you're obviously reviewing it. It was clean, but it seemed like that kind of got a little spark under you guys. Just is that kind of how it was from your guys' perspective? Uh, yeah, I think it. I don't know. It's kind of how we like to play and how we want to play on defense. Um, so when we're able to do that and make good physical plays, it kind of sparks everybody on 
on our side of the ball and uh, kind of goose up the momentum when they stop the game for five minutes every time there's a good hit. Yeah, that too. <laughs> we can't comment on, but well, yeah, we can. That w- <laughs> that we can. We didn't say it was a bad call. It was just it kind of goose up the momentum. <clears throat> it was good though. That's that's what we like to do, and uh, I definitely think that it's not very fun to uh, go against that. Montana Football Hour, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Some sound from Montana's 57-41 victory over Eastern Washington, the postgame press conference. That was Robbie Houck, as well as his father, Bobby Houck, talking about a couple huge hits. You also heard Coach Houck there talking about right before the end of the first half, well, then right after the first half was over, after halftime was over, Montana comes back out. And as we know, sometimes uh, people have a little trouble getting back in the stadium, but a lot of you didn't go out for nearly as long or at all. And then an injury to Eastern Washington center extended about five minutes early in the th- uh, third quarter. And all of a sudden now, Eastern second possession, everybody's back in the stands. Everybody's back to letting it rain down on the visiting team. And what could have been the last home game for Montana? We'll see how the bracket goes around. But Grizz on the road this week at James Madison. And we'll see if there's any upsets. But if that was the last home game of the season, what an outstanding crowd, what an outstanding evening, what an outstanding experience. Very fun. Last soundbite here from the postgame press conference. We talked all about the special teams. Bobby Houck, not very prone to hyperbole, but he has called this some of the best, if not the best, kick teams he's ever had at Montana. And they continued to perform how they've been able to do it. Been doing it all year. We've we've won the kicking game in a big way in in all games, but one this year, uh, and that continued tonight. It was a it was a dominant effort in special teams. We controlled field position in a big way. Um, that's why the yards are so skewed. We had a lot of short fields. A lot of that. I mean, those are defense and our special teams. Um, our yards per play were were superior in the game. That's what you got to focus on. Um, yeah, our, our, our special teams guys are good. They just they do a nice job. Coach praised the kick teams all year long. They've been so outstanding. But what goes into that? What are all the key factors for how well you guys have played on that special teams? <laughs> well, I think uh, good players first. That's like anything. Uh, second thing is uh, attention to detail. You know, they detail their work. They understand what we're trying to do. Uh, and then within the team, it's important, and they make it important to them. So... Those three things combined to to great effort and, and what's turned out to be great production. It's been phenomenal production, some of the best that I have ever seen. Montana Football Hour, giving you all the best in analysis and interviews from Montana's 57-41 win over Eastern Washington in the second round of the FCS playoffs and upcoming, some analysis as well, about Montana State's 26-7 victory over Tennessee Martin. The main storyline being... One of Butte's favorite sons, Tommy Malott. Touchdown, Tommy. He's not just a gadget player anymore. He's the starting quarterback for Montana State. Shaky day throwing the ball. The wind was whipping 40 miles per hour. Awesome day running the ball. In fact, more rushing yards against Tennessee Martin in that 26-7 victory than any quarterback has ever had for Montana State in the playoffs. I actually believe most rushing yards a quarterback has had by any Big Sky Conference team ever in the playoffs. So we'll break down that game a little bit later on. As well, the Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank is only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way for Montanans by Montanans 
Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. That's called poking the bear. <laughs> it's a bad idea. <laughs> Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Both the Treasure State's favorite football teams are into the Elite Eight. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Friday night in Missoula, the Montana faithful at Washington Grizzly Stadium were outside their minds as an instant classic played out between two Big Sky Conference rivals. Brash and confident Eastern Washington came into the hostile venue and landed the first of a flurry of haymakers thrown by both sides, scoring on a pair of 58-yard touchdowns in the game's first 17 minutes to take a 21-10 lead. But a string of vicious hits by the Grizzly defense helped swing the momentum. Ryan Tyrrell's blocked punt helped the host carry it in a fully dominant third quarter helped Montana explode to a 57-41 victory in front of a playoff record crowd. The win helps Montana advance to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs for the second year in a row. It also avenges a 34-28 loss to Eastern Washington in Cheney and sends Montana to Harrisonburg, Virginia to take on James Madison. Sammy Akem caught two touchdowns, giving him 29 for his career, tied for the most in Grizz history with former NFL standout Mark Mariani and Eastern Washington record-setting quarterback Eric Berrier threw for 530 yards and five touchdowns in the loss. In Bozeman, Montana State freshman Tommy Malott made his first start at quarterback and helped MSU overcome insane wins to lead the hosts to a 26-7 win over Tennessee Martin. Malott rushed for 180 yards, and MSU had 387 on the ground. Montana State advances to play Sam Houston in the quarterfinals next weekend. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. It was certainly a bad idea for Eastern Washington. Welcome back. Montana Football Hour. It's new on as now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Montana Football Hour presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. Brett's has been family-owned and operated for more than 50 years. They also have one of the most extensive RV parts and accessories departments you'll find anywhere Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Montana Football Hour rolls on. We're doing this, though, this segment at least. 
from the press box, Washington Grizzly Stadium. I'm sitting here with my good friend and colleague, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. The snow is falling on Washington Grizzly. Riley has an obligation a little later on tonight. He's actually going to help the community learn what the life of a student athlete's even like. So we'll get to that in a minute because I actually think that's really interesting. I, I'm happy that you're doing that because I do think it's good for people to know. These kids are a lot more busy than maybe people understand. But we are at the scene of what I thought was one of the top five and maybe the top games I've ever watched at this stadium on Friday night. I mean, it's a long list, and I've been going to Grizz games since I was a little kid, but App State 2009 in the semifinals go to the national championship overtime under the lights, Armani Edwards in town. That one was always going to be hard to beat, but I've been sitting there in my head thinking about it. And Montana's 57-41 win over Eastern Washington for so many reasons, from the smack talking to the rivalry, even if Bobby Houck doesn't say it is, that was a rivalry game on Saturday. I don't care what you're on Friday night. I don't care what anybody says. It was awesome. And uh, just the dichotomy, the in-conference familiarity, and then the way the game went down, the way Montana rallied all the way back for a 57-41 victory. I mean, first of all, that's the most touchdown. I mean, you got any voice left? I mean, that, what an unbelievable Friday night for you and Greg Sundberg on the radio call. It was awesome, Coulter, and welcome to my office, by the way. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. It's uh, It was pretty surreal, and again, I've been here six years, and that, to me, was number one as for far sure. as atmosphere, no doubt about it. Over MDSU 2015. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I would say absolutely. It, it was just, with any Hollywood script or in any great novel, you need to have a villain, right? You yep. need to have a storyline. This game had all of it. It had the pregame buildup. And then, I mean, just poetic justice, which we'll get into all the individual plays that were key factors. But the hit from Gavin Robertson, the physical safety that missed the first game against public enemy number one into Lolo Limu Jones. I mean, you couldn't have written the script any better than that. The two targeting calls that don't that go the Grizzlies' way. Um, and then the block punt. The, the script flipped right there. But just as far as total atmosphere, it was an out-of-body experience again in this booth to where, yeah, I listened back to some of the calls. I don't know what kind of octave I went to. <laughs> I mean, the next day. I you were pretty excited <laughs> on the uh, on the, the almost scoop and score by Jace Lewis. Oh. I heard the highlight back on that. You were making the candy. Uh, the headphones ring a little bit on that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one. Selfishly, I'm like, if he would have gotten in the end zone, I don't think I would have been able to get out touchdown Montana because <laughs> it was, how do you call that play with Barrier? I mean, oh. the desperation at the oh. end, it was just awesome. And the crowd it was so phenomenal. I mean, to a different level, um, I would say louder than even a place like Michigan or something mm. like that. You <laughs> talk about it. It was, it was um, just incredible across the board. And for us to recap this, and, and now a couple of days after the fact, we have a voice and have clear thoughts. It it was really, really cool, and what a stage for Montana. One thing that I always argue on this show, by the way, it is Nuana's now ESPN Radio, is that one of the things that has lacked a lot in sports across the board is villains. That's one thing that I think is one of the most detrimental things that happened to baseball. Mm -hmm. Half of the great players in baseball used to be villains, and they loved it. Albert Bell didn't care if anybody liked him. Barry Bonds doesn't care. He's not He's not out for his brand. No way. He's trying to hit home runs and scowl at you. It was very, you know, for every Chipper Jones, that was always a Roberto Alomar, and I used to love that, and uh, not, so, not so much. But it's lacking at the at the college level of sports, too. That was what was so great, though, because Eastern Washington plays the perfect villain to Montana, but Montana also plays the perfect villain to Eastern Washington as well. Well, it's two programs, and this isn't knocking anyone. It really isn't. It's two programs that go about their business a different way. For sure. And they're both successful. So it's kind of the method to the madness for both. Eastern kind of talked the talk. Montana would just rather walk the walk, and they said all the things 
after the game to where Eastern was talking a lot before. And it was just, it was fascinating on that level coming in here because you also had the villain that, that might have been the selection committee that, that put sure. these two teams in a second-round matchup where that felt like a semifinal or quarterfinal game. No and, the, and, the, and the final rankings in the stat poll proved that with number four against number five. It was a high-level game. And I think you had strength on strength. If I would have told you coming in, there was going to be 98 points scored and over 1,000 yards. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have said the Grizzlies would have won. Right. Andrew, Andrew Houghton and I, our producer at ESPN Radio as well as the Sky Sports, we have a little ritual. We always walk from our, our pregame show over to the Chamber of Commerce. This time we didn't have one. We were just coming from the parking lot. But we walk over, and we always just kind of diagnose the game one last time. And then always right at the bottom of the stairs of this press box, I say, okay, what do you got? It's not public predictions or anything like that. It's just kind of like, what do you feel right now just a couple minutes before kickoff? And he said, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Eastern wins a close one. It's going to be something like uh, 41-34. And I said, Montana by 17, and there's no way either of these two teams score 31 points. <laughs> so I was right as far as the scoring margin goes. Uh, I think that the Vegas line, they didn't even allow you to tease it up past 72 points, and they blew that out of the water by the third quarter. <laughs> we I didn't even think it was possible we were going to go of 100, but then we did, and it was just such an unorthodox way of getting there. I said this after the game, too, to my brother and while we were sitting there working at my house. I've never seen a butt kicking quite like that. It was fully unorthodox. Montana played well on offense at times, but to overwhelm with physicality and special teams, Dennis Merritt scores a 57-yard touchdown to go up 21 to 10. Robbie Houck missed the tackle in the hole on that play, which he's never missed the tackle in the hole. He doesn't do that. And they had had a blown coverage the possession before. Justin Ford had gotten burned, and there was no help over the top because Gavin Robertson bit on a play fake. So you could see Coach Houck bring Robbie Houck, Gavin Robertson, Justin Ford, Patrick O'Connell, and Jace Lewis in and go crazy went nuts the that's coaching though man the very next possession gavin robertson tololo limu jones welcome to washington Grizz. bang bang robbie Houck in the hole on dennis merritt didn't miss that one in fact put merritt right on his butt and all of a sudden now the momentum starts building starts building starts building and then when ryan tyrrell blocks the punt and levi janicaro recovers which by the way what a moment for him those boys lost their mom earlier this week and how awesome for their family for that to happen. But that sent it into pandemonium, and then Montana was able to carry the day. I mean, I thought that the second-half crowd was as good as I've ever seen in this venue, and uh, that ass-beating in the third quarter was about as good as you could do if you're Montana. Well, absolutely, and I share those sentiments on the Janicaro boys. So cool to play with a heavy heart and to have that kind of impact play. Ryan Tyrrell, we've talked about it all year, the special teams, but not only the special teams, the hometown products they're doing. That's right. And Ryan Tyrrell bursted through the line there. It was typical Bobby Houck. I mean, when you look at this, Coulter, and you're right, as far as the final score and the box score does not tell the whole story. Coach Houck loved the term empty calories. That's empty right. calories. And, and it, when you think about it, it absolutely was. Because when it was 21-10, to 10, the next two and a half quarters, 40-7 to seven run. Right. 40-7. to seven, And nobody would think that by looking at the final box score whatsoever. Eastern was able to go in the fourth quarter and put up some yards and more points. But the, the final box score was absolutely wild. And they dominated in all three phases. I, I think that there's two big stats that obviously pop off the page to me. Number one was average start field position. Yeah. Grizzlies start at the 46-yard line. Eastern just was content to start at the 25. They wanted no part of the kickoff team. But not only that, yards per play. I have never seen a college football game 
where there was a 50-play disparity. Eastern ran 50 more offensive plays than Montana did, but Montana had more yards per play. And, and that's really all that matters in all of this. So it, it was mighty impressive to see. I thought the momentum swings were very, very vast throughout the course of this. And I want to get your take on a couple of things because at 21-20 going into the locker room, yeah. it already felt like the momentum had switched. And even though Montana was was down by one, Eastern was in trouble. And then also you mentioned the third quarter crowd. I think you got a backstory on that as well because they were back in here and ready to go from the outside. It just goes to show you how intense they were. And I was happy that the crowd uh, was in full throat the entire game. Nuana is now ESPN Radio. We're sitting up here at the press box at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Pre-recording this because my good friend and colleague Riley Corcoran here with me, Colter Nuana. He's got an obligation a little later on tonight. We'll let him tease that out here briefly. But uh, this is the Montana Football Hour like we do for the first hour of every Monday show here on ESPN Radio. Presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations throughout the state of Montana. They are... For Montanans, by Montanans, only in Montana. They keep plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. I, my mother sits in the front of the south end zone, uh, and I always go say hi to her at halftime. Usually, you know, I walk by the pyramid of pizza and resist the temptation and then uh, go get some noodles or something and go say hello to my ma. And, uh, Usually it's easy because, you know, as we know, the Washington Grizzly faithful, among the only flaws that they have is that they like to leave about two minutes before the half ends. They don't like to come back until the half's about five minutes old. And the second half, uh, keep staying well lubricated. I get it, you know. You need a little <laughs> juice for the second half, whatever. But it was a task to get down to my mom. It took me about ten minutes. And so then I was like, well, I can't stay long, so i got to get back up there. Uh, but I thought that was a testament to the fact that hardly anybody left the stadium. I also thought then when Eastern Washington Center went down with an injury in the beginning of the third quarter, Eastern goes three and out right out the gates to start the second half. And then on their second position, their center gets hurt. And that delay allowed for everybody to come back into the stadium. And now all of a sudden, instead of having multiple empty possessions, you have the full stadium back in, in full force. And I thought that people were also very hungry to stay in the stadium because of whatever the hell Easter Washington was trying to do before halftime. I mean, that's what I love about it is that Aaron Best, you can say whatever you want about the guy. I think that he is a good motivator. His teams play really, really hard, and he is a phenomenal character. You can maybe not like his brashness and his arrogance, but gosh dang, he's fun to analyze because he is all over the place. <laughs> I mean, you never have to wonder where he's at. I mean, he's as big as a house, and he screams as loud as you can. I mean, you can hear it through the press box class. But for whatever reason, Eastern Washington said they want to pick a fight with Montana right before halftime. That played a huge factor in the butt whoop in Montana than levied in the fourth, in the third quarter. It absolutely did. And Bobby Houck talked to us uh, on the Grizzly Radio Network at halftime, and he said, I don't know what they were doing. They're trying to chase us up the tunnel. But we noticed that. We're ready to go. And, and you could tell. that was told us, don't poke the bear. And figuratively and <laughs> literally. It's so fitting, right? And ironically, it was... Oh, right next to that grizzly bear that we're looking at right now and, and the logo and the, the halftime motivation. And we've talked about how good of a second half team that Montana has been under Coach Houck and particularly in 2019 and in 2021. Um, but you look at what they did against Easter. I thought that it was very fitting that the script got flipped because what happened over in Cheney 
it was Eastern Washington that uh, was able to put up 24 in the fourth quarter. But this was totally different. You cannot poke the bear, especially at home. I mean, how much did the crowd play a factor in it? I mean, absolutely had to throughout the course of this. Worth the silent counts, I think, in both games against Montana State and Eastern, those false starts were so critical. And when you talk about the cat game, the, the opening drive where they could have went and scored, it was third, fourth down and third and two, I think, maybe. And then they had the back-to-back false starts. Eastern was lining up to go for it. Everyone will forget that. Eastern was going to go for it before the false start that then eventually led into the, the block punt. How intrigued were you by when Coach Houck revealed to us Eastern changed their punt coverage up for this game? What a bold decision and one that... Obviously didn't work out very well. You know how amazing that is, though, for Bobby Howe to be able to recognize that within a scope of a game and then have a different punt block to answer? Like if you really – I broke down those punts late night last night because I'm just, like, obsessed with this game. I've already watched it three times because I just think it's so entertaining. It's just like a professional wrestling match in front of 24,000 ravenous fans. It was awesome, man. The back and forth was so crazy. But the way Brian Tiro blocked the punt, then the – they had two different punt blocks that they ran after that. Tyler Flink almost got one, and then he got a penalty, which I don't think Bobby Howe cares about because if you're almost blind, I mean, yeah. if you're running the kicker, the coach is going to say, hey, don't do it again, but, like, good job because you almost blocked it, so it's all good. But um, I, I just thought that phenomenal coaching in this game across the board, but I thought Bobby Houck, right now, he has his special teams playing better than I've ever seen, and he is one of the great special teams co- coaches in the country. So pretty impressive to see the way that they're operating right now. I was going to just ask you, yeah, if you think this is the best special teams unit because of the way that they're – and we all know the Grizzly football team, right? Defense is where they win it. Special teams is the X factor, and it maybe makes up for some of the offensive deficiencies. But for how this special teams unit and all of them have been able to keep Montana in games and keep them just pushing the envelope to where teams – I've never seen it before, Coulter. It's a fair catch on every kickoff, and they're deliberately kicking away. They'd rather kick it out of bounds Malik Flowers has had one return in the last eight games. I mean, I, I've he's never going to kick to again. No, I, he, I've, <laughs> I've had it on my spotter board. He's 15 returns away from the school record. He was 15 returns away from the school record months ago. Months ago, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know if he's going to get 15 more returns between the rest of this year and next year. Totally. But it's totally been the X factor in this. And you get to this level, and we'll get to James Madison. I know either today or throughout the course of the week, but. Mirror images of teams. You see identities and characteristics of these squads that are left now, and I think a dominant special teams to where that is the X factor. You can overcome a lot, and the Grizzlies have from an offensive side of things with people being out and maybe some miscues throughout the course of the year. It has all been about special teams. It's obviously music to Bobby Houck's ears, and you know what? Whether we want to believe it or not coming into this season, it's hard to overlook the impact that they've had every game. No question, and that's what... Two more things to get to here with you before we maybe dive in a little to James Madison. Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz with me, Coulter Nuanas. Following, I believe it was the Sacramento State game, Bobby Halk at the press conference said there's moments in every game where you can make the momentum turn, and we're having a hard time seizing those moments. The opportunity for Montana to play the momentum-style football that they want to play has been there throughout the year, and they seized it early. They struggled to seize it for pretty much the entire month of October, and then I don't know what happened, but they seized it as well as I've ever seen for a Bobby Howe coach team. And there's no real other way to describe it besides they make their opponent melt down because 
Aaron Best dropped a stat. I would actually like to stat check this to see if it was accurate. But he said in games, 92% of teams that have punts blocked lose, and 97% of teams that have punts blocked in their own territory lose. Wow. It would make sense. Oh, yeah. You know, but now the fact that Montana's blocking a punt pretty much every week is like that then turns everything. Because, again, that's why stats are for losers in the famous words of Jeff Cho. Because you can sit here and talk about all that stuff, but it doesn't matter if Eastern Washington has 602 yards of total offense and Eric Berry throws 530 and, and five touchdowns or has Eastern has 32 first downs because Montana had multiple scoring possessions in which they gained zero yards because of how dominant they were in the other elements of the game. And I just think that the way that they're seizing and then carrying the momentum, as Coach Halk always talks about, it's been the key to their, what now, six-game winning streak. And I think where everything flipped, every, every championship team, I feel, has a moment throughout the course of the year where you look at it and go, okay, we maybe got away with one here. And I would say a season-defining play for this team and they have played with a different vengeance ever since, was the block field goal against Southern Utah. Yeah. That was their worst game of the year. I would say that was worse than their two losses that For they sure. played. And in that contest, getting away with that, I think was the the push that they needed to go, okay, these momentum-changing plays, this is how we're going to have to play the rest of the year. And that was the one hiccup that they got. That, that could have that ruined the whole season. It absolutely could have. They wouldn't have had that home game last week if that would have happened. Um, it's just amazing to me, whether you go to Northern Arizona, the, the sack fumble from Robbie Howe to, to Patrick O'Connell, Northern Colorado big-time plays. Ever since that moment against Southern Utah, um, I think this team has been defined by flipping the field, flipping momentum on a dime, and... Uh, through domination of all three phases. It's been pretty fun. Last thing to note on this game, um, because you can't have an awesome game like that without an awesome two teams. And I thought mm-hmm. Eastern Washington, I know a lot of people that were in the stadium and they were listening to the show don't like Eastern Washington. That's what makes it great. I think they don't like their antics and their smack talking. This whole section right below where we're sitting right now, they were chanting at the Eastern bench the whole game. Eric Berrier is dancing like it's 1989, loving it, bringing it on. It's quintessential perfect college football, man. It's what we all love about it so much. But that's all to say that Montana had a dominant, physically uh, dominant victory against Eastern Washington. But I am so sad that that's the last game I'm ever going to see Eric Berrier play. What an unbelievable player. In all facets. He, Unbelievable. He, he represented the big sky, Eastern, and just watching him play the last couple of years, is, is, it's been special. It's a treat. We're going to look down at our careers 20 years from now, Colton. We're going to go back and talk about Eric Berrier yes. for what he was able to do. I mean, Coach Out told us this. He goes, if, if we can get Berrier to throw on schedule, that's actually a good thing for us. Sure. Because he can create so – he makes so much happen, oh. even in that first game, throwing off his back foot, throwing on the run. The best play he made in the entire game resulted in zero yards. It was the second-to-last play of the first half. Patrick O'Connell had a full steer tied. Berrier couldn't even lift his arm. He somehow threw it underhand into nowhere. It could have been a pick, whatever. People would say maybe it's a little bit risky. I mean – how many times did Patrick O'Connell hit Eric Berry on Friday night? 20? 20. Yeah. Zero sacks. Yep. Because Berry is Houdini. It, it just was nuts to watch him throughout the course of the game. And he is so special. And I thought it was a great moment afterwards. There was a mutual respect from Chris players and Coach Hauk talking with Berry. He took a long time to leave. And you know that, obviously, his legacy has been cemented at this point. 
he better be the unanimous. I don't know if it'll be unanimous, but Walter Payton Award, no doubt about it. Um, over 15,000. Think about that. 15,000 total yards in his career. Third most in FCS history. Who's got more? I, I need to go look that up, right. honestly. I, mean, yeah, I bet you it's probably one of the Sam Houston State guys, actually. And probably someone that played all four years. Because yeah. remember, he was Because right, he was behind Gage Guber. Right, which is hard to believe that he was a three-year player rather than four and did it. Um, one thing that he can never say, though, never came in the stadium and won. And that... Uh, is something though for Eric Berrier. What what a career and Eastern absolutely for everything the pomp and circumstance surrounding this game, they absolutely deserved. I think a seed. They were a top eight team in the country. They were going to be a tough out no matter who they played. I think a lot of people on the East Coast, or James Madison, North Dakota State alike, were worried about a team like Eastern Washington as well. And, and you're right to set up a heavyweight bout like that or a wrestling match as you want to call it. It needs two good teams, and we saw two elite teams. We'll see uh, how far Montana can go, but that felt like a semifinal or quarterfinal game for sure. We love predictions and being <laughs> right and all that stuff, but I do think it's absolutely awesome for the FCS brand as a whole that right now the, probably the six programs in the United States of America where football matters the most in the FCS are in the quarterfinals. Montana, Montana State, James Madison, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and Sam Houston. That's awesome, man. Like, every game from here on out is going to have great crowds. It's going to look good on TV. It's going to be high-level football. If people that aren't familiar with this level turn it on, it's going to be pretty darn fun. Probably going to get into the James Madison thing a little bit later on this week because we're going to both games. I, I myself, uh, and a couple other guys, to be determined, everybody that's accompanying me, but for sure me, I'll be in Harrisonburg Friday night to watch Montana against James Madison and Huntsville on Saturday to watch Montana State at Sam Houston State. Can't wait for it. Uh, but just your initial thoughts on this matchup with JMU. Uh, I think it's fascinating. I think that both teams really are mirror images of themselves from how they pride themselves. James Madison has a phenomenal, huge front seven. And that will be probably the matchup in the game is, is this Grizzly offensive line that has certainly proved their worth. But this is a different level that they're sure. going to play now. From this moment on, if you want to be a national championship contender, you have to handle physical dudes up front. I think that that might be the matchup of the game. Both teams had an All-American running back get injured and is out right now. Yeah. I think that that's fascinating. People forget that aspect for the Grizz sometimes. Um, James Madison also chucks it, and that, I think that coming off of Eastern, that, that's a good transition because you've already been working on that as well. It is. And Cole Johnson, 37 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's a dual-threat quarterback. That could be a little interesting to watch out for but but James Madison has two main wide receivers go up against Justin Ford and Omar Hicksonu that'll be a great matchup I think the turnover margin have you ever seen a team plus 21 James Madison is plus 21 this year uh these are the top two teams in the country in takeaways the game is probably going to come down to turnovers I see mirror images with a, with both of these teams what a matchup we have and it's so great it's the only college football game in the nation on Sweet. Friday night pretty dang cool I think both teams deserve it Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, here on the Montana Football Hour. Just briefly, we'll tell people what you're up to tonight. It's kind of cool. It's really cool, and I'm honored that the university asked me to be a part of this, but a, a panel of student-athletes that will represent Grizzly Athletics, but it's a day in the life of a student-athlete, and it's a Zoom that will be hosted. Um, Trajan Cotton from Grizzly Football, Cam Zoo, the All-American soccer goalkeeper. Can't for, score on her. Impossible. Yeah, you she have like 100 shutouts this year? Yeah, pretty much. And Carmen G. Feller as well. So you just have great representatives of Grizzly Athletics, but just to – and this is even fitting because they're getting ready for finals right now. Sure. And this is the busiest part of the year, but yet trying to balance it. And go just day, hour by hour, day in the life of a student athlete and what it's really like to maybe be a minority in a place like uh, Missoula, Montana. It's just really cool stuff and uh, great initiative by the university. And so sorry I couldn't be there in studio. Thanks for coming to my office to do this, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun tonight. 
Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. I teased this kind of, but we got a good weekend coming up. This last weekend was awesome. Friday night, under the lights, Washington Grizz. Saturday, in the Bozeman wind, awesome. But this upcoming weekend, going to be even more of a whirlwind. We're hitting the Montana game at James Madison Friday night. We're hitting the Sam Houston State-Montana State game on Saturday. So we'll be all around the country here. Nuana is now ESPN Radio. It'll be really fun. Uh, weekend upcoming as well. We're up against it. But let's look, take a look at the FCS playoff bracket right after this. Keep it right here. Montana Football Hour on ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. What up, Montana? Welcome back. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Shout out to all of our listeners, especially those in Bozeman that are asking me about more analysis about the Bobcat game. That's upcoming. Don't you worry. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Monday. It is the Montana Football Hour. A great bit on the game in Missoula on Friday night between Montana and Eastern Washington. Got a lot more coverage coming out of what happened in Bozeman as well, including tomorrow. Ty Gregorak's going to join us. I know Coach Ty loves breaking down. Uh, both Montana, Montana State, but he was at the Bobcat game, so he had some firsthand accounts he wanted to share as well. And uh, also, cool experience for him because even though he's been out of it for a couple years now, he did help recruit and develop a lot of the older guys on Montana State. He was the defensive coordinator there in 2018. And uh, that goal line stand against the Grizz, that was definitely a moment that was a big one in Ty's career and, and one that kind of launched guys like Chase Benson uh, into then the upper echelon of the Big Sky Conference players. So uh, plenty more coming. Gosh, I wish we even had another hour for this show. And every day I wish we had another hour. And maybe we'll get there. You guys keep listening, and we'll keep talking. Uh, happy to bring you guys the all the fun that we like to share with everybody around the state of Montana here. On Nuana's now the Montana Football Hour presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer care and your phone call always answered by a live person. They're so attentive. I forgot to sign one of my checks that I deposited the other day. They called me up, said, hey, you got to come down here and sign it. I appreciate that. You know, I don't necessarily want to have to go out of my way to do stuff like that. But also, I love knowing that they're keeping tabs on all that stuff. So, uh, Stockman Bank are, are the best when it comes to blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. They provide time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. We're up against it. My good guy, Marty Morningweg, longtime NFL offensive coordinator, just swung into the studio. I saw him just walk in. So uh, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty coming up right after this. Let's take a look at the other scores from around 
the FCS. We're also going to probably circle back around to both the college games in-state and the upcoming matchups in hour number two as well. But we'll take you home here on the Montana Football Hour with the rest of the bracket. Of course, if you missed anything earlier, you can find everything in the podcast of the Nuanas now, uh, featuring an interview with Riley Corcoran and a lot of analysis on both the games. Podcast, Nuanas now, on all your podcast hosting platforms. Proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Montana, 57-41 to 41 over Eastern Washington to move in the quarterfinals. Montana State, 26-7 to 7 over Tennessee Martin to move into the quarterfinals. The other score, Sam Houston State, stays unbeaten, and they win for the 22nd straight time. 49-42 over Incarnate Word. It was a great game, back and forth. Incarnate Word was like two yards away from scoring what would have been uh, a, a, a touchdown that would have brought them within one. I was going to say a game-tying touchdown, but I actually think Incarnate Word had so much more momentum at that time, they probably would have gone for two and gone for the win. But it is the top seed of Bearcats surviving, so Sam Houston State hosts Montana State on Saturday. That's uh, the night game on Saturday night, so it'll be 7.30 Central Time, where Huntsville, Texas is 6.30 here in Montana for the Bobcats versus Sam Houston. Villanova moved on with a hard-fought 13-10 win over Holy Cross, so they will host South Dakota State. The Big Sky Conference champion, Sacramento State, they got drilled by South Dakota State. They actually came back and made it a pretty good game. They're down 24-0 at halftime and uh, came all the way back. Sac State did, but they lose 24-19. So South Dakota State uh, gets a road victory over the fourth seed of Big Sky Conference champs out of Sacramento and they're on, so they're moving on to the quarterfinals. They'll play at Villanova. So Sacramento to Philadelphia, that's quite a trip. James Madison dismantled southeastern Louisiana 59-20. to So the Dukes will host Montana uh, on Friday, uh, and that game will be on ESPN2. By the way, the previously previous mentioned two games, Sam Houston, Montana State, and uh, Villanova, South Dakota State, will be on ESPN+. Plus. But the Grizz game Friday night, the only game in the country is... Uh, going to be Friday night on ESPN2. And then finally, the only real upstart, the only real non-familiar, the only real non-quote-unquote blue blood that's in the Elite Eight of the SFCS playoffs is East Tennessee State. They played in Bozeman, their first year having a football program. They didn't have any seniors on that team. They got waxed by the Bobcats that day. But I remember thinking, I'm going to keep an eye on East Tennessee State because they got a lot of talent and they're – throwing a whole roster full of guys to the Wolves as an upstart program. And here they are, five years later, and then the final eight of the FCS playoffs. They had a 32-31 uh, to 31 victory over Kennesaw State. Went for uh, on fourth down, excuse me, went for two uh, to win the game with no time remaining. So uh, East Tennessee State dispatches Kennesaw State. They're into the quarterfinals, and they'll play at North Dakota State. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The Bison are just seated. They're in Fargo. They just they they cannot be stopped. Thirty-eight to seven over Southern Illinois, and they will then move on to play East Tennessee State in the noon game on Saturday. So noon on ESPN uh, when that game will take place. So a couple ESPN national games now that we're in the quarterfinals. Big time exposure for these programs. More on the weekend that was and the weekend that will be coming. But we also got to talk some NFL because I know there's a bunch of. NFL meatheads out there as well, so we'll, we'll do it. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty, coming right at you. Keep it right here at CSPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. 
Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 